but probably the one that comes most to mind, and you don't remember this one part, but when we were first getting married and making plans, um, we, I remember our father-in-law saying, or my father-in-law, his dad, saying, don't go into debt, like, just, just don't do that. And I was like, eh. So then we bought a house that was a fixer-upper, and then we fixed it up with credit cards. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. That wasn't very good. It was no. a bad thing. Whenever money is talked about in the church, we get a little leery and a little bit concerned. We've had some bad experiences. We've had good experiences, but we've also had some bad experiences where it gets kind of pushy and um, not very fun. So we're, we're a little bit leery whenever that happens. Oh, man. God's views on money. Uh, it, it works. It uh that's what I love about it. You know, it's, I, I, I found that life is not about getting rich quick. It's, it's about hard work and um, being satisfied with what you have. Um, oh, no man, nothing. All these principles um, and giving, um, not just your money, giving your time and things that you can, that are used to you to other people. Um, I think that's what Christ has called us to do and, it's, and it works for sure. I like what you said, you said it's not rocket science. You read the Bible and what God says about money, it's really practical. Um, and maybe not what you want to do really <laughs> all the time, but it works and it's not rocket scientists. Right? Rocket science. <laughs> Our greatest win since doing money God's way is being debt free. Woo! Um, yeah, having not living paycheck to paycheck and being able to put money into stuff like a house that it's all paid for and it's it's working out, it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. but, you know. I'm Jim. And I'm Mary. And this, this is, is our, our momentum, momentum story. Good morning again, my name is Mary. <laughs> so um, that was my husband, Jim. And we have a story, and we want to share it with you today. Um, we are in the middle of a series called Momentum, and what we've been doing is talking about money, like God's view on money, his perspective, his wisdom on it, and it's been really good, and it's been really practical, and I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, the first week, we talked about um, money in general, and then the next week, we talked about earning money and not being lazy, but working hard for what we have and working hard um, for the money that we get. And then the, second, the week after that, we talked about spending um, and saving, and we found out who of us like to spend, which is me. I like to spend money a lot. I'm not such, so much of a saver, but I'm trying to be. But we also learned that God wants both. He wants us to spend and he wants us to save, but what's his view on it? How do we do it wisely? And so the scripture that we've been basing this on is Luke 12:34, and it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And our mission here at Epiphany Station is love God, love people, period. And so it's been super important for us to know where is our heart? Is our heart truly for God? Is it truly for people? Or is maybe there's some things that we need to work out. Where is our treasure? And so it's been super good for me. And today we get to talk about something super fun called debt. And it's really fun. I can tell on your faces. You guys are really excited about this. Um, so with that, I'm going to invite my assistant to come on up here. So I want us all to give him a big hand. Here we go. <laughs> this is my youngest son. We have four children and he is 10 years old and his name is David. Hi, David. 
<laughs> Are you excited to be up here? Yeah, all right, good. So he's gonna help me tell my story about debt. And so first I want to just kind of check you, check you out and like have you show off a little bit. Are you okay with that? Okay, so I'm gonna see you run a little bit. We're gonna get a little crazy here this morning, you guys. So do you wanna run? You look like you don't want to. <laughs> okay, all right, on a count of three, I want you to run. So let's make sure the aisles are clear, okay? I want you to run around. Ready? One, two, three, go! Look at that speed. Yeah, that's right, you guys clap for him. Very good, very good. Okay, so he can run. He's free to run. Okay, how about um, jumping jacks? Not all of us can do jumping jacks, just so you guys know, but some people can. Can you do jumping jacks? Okay, I want you to do five. Let me see. All right, one, two, three, four, and five. Nicely done. Very good, very good. All right, let's check out your strength. Let's see how, how strong. He's <laughs> like, ah, okay, fine. All right, I want you to do some push-ups. You think you can? Okay, so let's do five push-ups. Okay. Ready, go. One, two, three, four, and five. Good job. All right, man. That form is really good, isn't it? It doesn't get it for me. I'm not very good at push-ups. I can do maybe one. Do you remember me? Could I do one? Okay. Well, anyways, he is free. He can run. He can use his arms. He can do jumping jacks. He's strong. He can do push-ups with great form. And so here's this guy. He's free, Okay. So he's gonna be my example. I'm gonna talk about debt and we're just gonna use him as an example, okay? So a long time ago, well not that long ago, when I was 18 years old, I was 18, and I got a letter in the mail from a place called Visa. And in that letter, it was very exciting to me. It was a credit card that where I could spend $1,000. Where I was like, this is amazing. And people were like, you should use that for emergencies. It's a great idea, you should have a card. And I'm like, um, what? No, I'm gonna go spend this. Like, this is gonna be amazing. So I found out very quickly how fast $1,000 can be spent on nothing. I don't even know what I spent it on, but I got that bill and I'm like, oh man, that's a lot of money. And I felt the pressure and the weight of having this money that I need to pay back that I don't have. And so we're going to use this backpack right here that's gonna be an example of the weight of my first $1,000 debt, which by the way, they crank, they like, whatever, up to that credit very fast. And so we got up to be more than $1,000. Sorry, this is pink, is that okay? Okay, all right, so he's gonna put this on, and this is going to represent that first debt that I took on. And how do you feel? It's all right? Yeah, you're okay? It's kind of annoying? All right, you can't, you can still run around. You can still do jumping jacks, but it's just like annoying, right? Yeah, do you want to try some push-ups? Okay, all right, go ahead. Try some push-ups with that and see how it goes. Just do three. One, two, three. Okay, you did good. This is good. It's just annoying. Okay, so that's kind of what that first debt for me was. Like, I could still do life. I could still, like, it was fine. It was just kind of annoying. It was always in the back of my head, kind of in my heart. Like, I really have to fix this. And it was just annoying. So that's how it was. Um, a couple years later, got married, had, uh, was pregnant, already have a baby, and I was just driving this tiny little um, Plymouth Neon, if anybody knows what those vehicles are, I don't even know if they have them anymore, but it was this little car, and I was like, yeah, man, I need to probably be a little bit safer, like, I don't feel safe so much in this car, and so I'm like, we better, we better get a vehicle, and so we just need something safe, mm -hmm. but we got a brand new Nissan 
vehicle. And so we took out a loan because we didn't have the money for it. So we took out a loan for Nissan. And so this weight right here is going to represent that because it's oil. You put oil in cars. So, right? Yes, you do. Okay. All right. So now you have another weight on you. Um, this also includes my husband had a Ford loan because he had do we have any Ford fans. Yeah. No other Ford people. Okay. There we go. Thank you. All right. Won't talk about anything else besides Ford. Okay. So that represents that right there is the Ford and Nissan auto car loans that we didn't have the money for. So we took out a loan. It's getting a little bit more heavy, not as easy to do things. Then a couple years later, we were pregnant with our second child. And I was like, man, we should probably move out of my parents' basement now. <laughs> so we um, wanted to be smart, though, and we wanted to save money. So we picked out a house that was a fixer-upper. And so um, we were like, okay, we got this. We can save money, and we'll fix this on our own. But we did have to take out a loan, so we took out a loan for the house. Here you go. Got that? Okay. But then to fix it, we needed money. So we didn't have any, and we wanted to fix it. <laughs> He's like, knows what's coming. So we had to t reuse credit cards, as you saw in that video. Um, and so we used a credit card, and we took out, maxed them, basically. Like, this is how much we max credit cards. There's another thing. Are you going to be okay? Okay. Are you sure? I don't know. That is a true representation of how, are you okay? <laughs> how much we maxed out our credit cards. Now, do you think you can run around? <laughs> can you do jumping jacks? Can you do push-ups? No, you can't do anything. <laughs> because that's what happens. Hold those. You can't do anything. You want to go on vacation? No. Do you want to go out to eat? No. You want to do this cool thing? No. You can't. Because every dollar, every penny that you earn has to go to the minimum payments of these bills. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't run. We were not free. It was awful. We were literally stuck. Let's give David a hand. Good job. <laughs> Good job. So that is our story in our first five years of marriage is we quickly got in debt and it was awful. And once we like figured out where we were, we just felt this huge weight and we were, we were not doing well. Literally every penny that we were making would go straight to these bills, and sometimes we didn't even make that. We didn't even make the minimum payments. It was awful. I really wish we would have taken my father-in-law's advice, but we didn't. And so when you're in that place, I'm a very much like, I want to be with everybody, and I want to be where everybody is, so I wanted to make sure I wasn't alone in this. So I went to our friend Google, and I Googled, like, hey, what's the average, all of this stuff with debt, because I don't want to be by myself. And so I Googled some things, and we found out some cool stats, and it was kind of fun. And so the first stat was 23% um, of Americans are debt-free. I was like, eh. But then when I figured out that that means 77% uh, have debt, I was like, yeah, that's right. There's a lot more people who have debt than don't. And so that was good. I like that one. Then there's another, slot, uh, another stat that says average debt per household is $132,529. And I was like, all right, good. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm not alone. But then I go to the next one. Um, this is weird, I thought. Average person should be debt-free by age 58. I just thought that was kind of weird. Like, who made that up? I don't know. I'm sure there was some kind of 
science that went behind that, but I guess it's okay to have debt until 58 is what this says to me. And then the next one, I don't know if we should talk about America. Yeah, I don't know. This is the U.S. debt. It's 22 trillion. It might be different now since I put this up, but 22 trillion dollars. This is where I start, in my personality, in my way, I'm always like big picture person. And I'm like, wait a second, this isn't good. Who cares about my little debt? It's like, what's this about? And so I'm like a world changer, like I wanna change the world, and like, what can I do? And so I was like, okay, what can we do to have America? I was thinking about like celebrities have like millions of dollars, and football players, all this stuff. If everybody just gave all their money, maybe America could be out of debt. But then I felt my math is, is not good, or my mind, because when I figured all that out, it still doesn't cover it. And so I just Googled, I said, can America get out of debt? And the answer that I found was most likely no. It was devastating to me. I'm not really p political, but that just hit me. Then I looked at this, this next stat, and it says, the American household debt has hit a record uh, at whatever that number is. 13 trillion, 210 billion dollars. And that keeps on going up and up and up. And that's me. That's what I have done. And I started feeling the weight of it again is that this isn't good, I don't, this isn't, I don't like this. I don't like this heaviness. But this is the culture that we live in. This is what is okay. This is average, is to have $130,000 of debt or whatever. This is okay, this is our culture. And this is what the world says, it's fine. And then someone hit me with a quote and they said, we can't keep doing what the world does, expecting godly results. And I just thought about the anxiety that I was feeling about my debt, the fear that I was feeling about my debt, and those aren't results that I want in my life. I don't wanna live constantly in fear of how am I gonna make that bill, I don't want that. So I gotta start doing things the godly way. And so I took out this handy dandy book right here, and I was like, okay, what does God say about this? Because I know what the world says. The world says this is average, this is the way it is, I want to know what God says about it because I want godly results. And so in Proverbs 22.7, so this is a dandy. It's a good one. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be anybody's slave. I want the only master that I have to be God. But when you owe somebody something, this Bible says, it says you become that lender's slave. And that's exactly what we felt like when we had that burden, is we were, we were trapped. We had all these masters, and we had to do what they say, we had to pay when they said, all of those things. And then another one that hit me was Romans. Romans 13, eight, it says, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And that's what I wanted. I was like, I just wanna love people. I, this is where I wanna be. Again, we can't keep doing what the world does, expecting godly results. And so this hit us when we were in that place. Like, we wanted to be like, oh, okay, we're average, it's fine, this is what the world does. But mostly, we want to do what God says. He's so smart, and he has so much wisdom. If we just did what he says, then it would be all right. And so we're at this place, and what do we do now? 
Um, it's awful. It's a heavy weight. And so uh, when you're in that place, um, you have lots of telemarketers calling you and promising big things like we can get your debt paid off in one year or whatever, consolidate your loans and all that stuff. And it seemed really good. It seemed too good to be true, really. And so then if that's too good to be true, we're like, ah, let's just go get a lottery ticket and we can win the lottery and then everything will be good. So we were, that's where your mind goes, though, when you're in that place. And um, one of my favorite things, advice that one of my friends got, um, his name is Michael, and he was in the same place as us. He realized how much debt he had and the overwhelming feeling of helplessness and hopelessness and just not being able to get out of this. And so his friend Creed gave him, gave him some advice and um, we're just, we actually got it on video. So we're just gonna show that to you right now. Hey, cuz, heard you're having money problems. No, you didn't. Listen, I got the answer. You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. Creed Bratton has never declared bankruptcy. When Creed Bratton gets in trouble, he transfers his debt to William Charles Schneider. How does that help Creed? In Monopoly, you go bankrupt and lose. You don't go by Monopoly, man. That game is nuts. Nobody just picks up get-out-of-jail-free cards. Those things cost thousands. That's a good point. Bankruptcy, Michael, is nature's do-over. It's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. Like a witness protection program. Exactly. Not at all. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in the witness protection program. Fresh start. No debts, no baggage. Before I got my name picked out, Lord Rupert Everton. I'm a, uh, a shipping merchant who raises fancy dogs. That's the life. I declare And he thought that's all I had to do was <laughs> just say that. So that when you're in that place, it is super tempting to just get a, you know, just have something as easy as that happen. And you want to have the lottery tickets. You want to win big in blackjack or whatever. You want to have the easy way out. But that's not what this word says. That's not what the wisdom tells us. And so um, when we just went to God and we said, all right, God, this is what we've done. This is the place that we put ourselves in. Um, first of all, we had to stop being in denial that this was happening. And then second of all, we said, God, please just open the door. Open our eyes. What is our next step? What do we need to do? Help us. And he opened the door for this course called Financial Peace University, which helped us a lot and helped us learn God's views on money and how to do money and what's the next steps to take. And then um, so we got kind of extreme. And we um, took our vehicles first and got um, traded them in for a not as nice vehicle, which was fine, it was safe, but that's what we did. And then we got rid of this weight. It was really nice. It was very nice. It was a little humbling, but it was really nice. Then the next thing we did is we had this home and this mortgage and these utility bills. And so we we're like, God, you know, what do we do? Open, open our eyes, open the doors. And he opened um, the door for a job that provided housing for me and also a paycheck. And it was crazy and it was extreme because we moved our kids into an apartment, but it was what we needed to do and is what God opened the door to do. And so we did it. And so we had somebody renting our home so we were able to provide um, extra income to then pay off all of our credit cards. And so within that first five years of marriage, <laughs> that's what happened. And we became debt free. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly.
And I'm telling you, the freedom that comes with that is amazing. It is so freeing because there is a shame. There is an anxiety. There's a fear that comes on you when you get into that place. First of all, because we did it ourselves, right? We, we, I put this, we put this on ourselves. We didn't listen to the word. We didn't do what the word said. And so how can I ask God to take this away from me? How can I ask him that? But I'm telling you, it's the same as anything else. God says, come to me, run to me, and I will give you the answers. And that's what he did. He was so faithful to open doors and open doors. But one thing we, we had to do, we had to walk through those doors. We had to work hard. We had to be intentional about our money. We had to do what God says in his word. Because we can't keep doing what the world does and expect godly answers. And God wants us to love him and love people, period. And when we're in bondage like that, it's, it's really tough to do that. And he wants us to be free. He wants us to have freedom. He wants us to be filled with peace, with love, with joy, with goodness, with kindness, with faithfulness. Not fear, not anxiety. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. And we do something here at Epiphany Station called Next Steps. And um, first step is to go to God. And um, maybe you are not in debt. Maybe you don't have this. Um, but maybe you know someone. And you can be praying for them. And you can be asking God to help them and open doors for them. Maybe you are that person that's in, in debt. And go to him. And he's going to open the doors. He's going to give you answers. But one of the first steps that we had to take was to write it down to make that budget. And that's one of the steps we've been talking about this last few weeks is to make a budget. It helps. And God shows you what to do. He, he says, nope, I want this here and this here and this here. And he's faithful. And when we do it God's way, that's where freedom comes. And so earn, save, spend wisely, pay off your debt and give. That's what God calls us to do. That's his principles in the Bible. So Romans 13.8 says to owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And so we're going to pray and we're going to get into worship. God, I thank you so much for everything that you do for us. I thank you that you carry our burdens, that you we can run to you with anything, with everything. And you are so faithful to open doors. You're so faithful to give us answers. And God, this morning we run to you and we just say we need you and that we love you and that we worship you. In your name we pray, amen.